0: This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for coming out tonight. You could have been anywhere in the world, but you're here with us. We appreciate that. Uh.
1: Seth
2: Peterson. Hi, I'm Debbie Hedron. I'm
3: Rhonda Schwartz. I'm George Robert. This is Jesslyn Gilson. Hello, I'm Victor Webster. Hi, this is Charlotte Ross. Hi, this is Ed Begley
1: Jr. What's up you guys? This is AJ from the back Hi, Hall. this is Shannon Elizabeth, and you're listening to Talking Pets.
0: Talking Pets.
2: Talkin Pets. And you're listening to Talking Pets. Talking Pets Talking Pets. Talkin Pets. Talkin Pets with John Patch. John Patch.
0: you are listening to Talking Pets with John Patch. <laughs> Hello, America, and welcome to Talkin' Pets with your host, John Patch. Join John and his expert guests with all of your pet questions, concerns, comments, and stories. Now, it's time for Talkin' Pets with your host,
1: John Patch. And welcome to Talkin' Pets, heard coast-to-coast on your favorite radio station. This is Talkin' Pets, and I'm John Patch. Joining us is...
2: Well, hello there. This is Jill Sidlow from... Your custom dog, sir.
1: Here to answer your training questions and your behavior questions about your pets at 844-305-7800. That's 844-305-7800. When you call into that number, you'll speak with Jayla and she'll put you on the line with us. That's 844-305-7800. The show is produced here at the farm by... Devin Leach. Thank you, Devin. Also, you can watch us on Facebook Live at Talkin' Pets Radio. This is Talkin' Pets. Help me out
0: on this one. Clap your hands. Come on, children. Come on.
1: you're listening to talking pets pick up the phone and give us a call at 844-305-7800 that's the number to call of course with your pet questions if you have a training question today or a behavior question the lines are open if you have a comment or a question on anything like that please let us know or if you have a story to tell uh how you doing jilly
2: i'm doing okay jp
1: all is well in tennessee
2: all is beautiful the colors are changing the leaves are falling I've had one sick dog. Actually, I had two sick dogs, but they came at different times, so um, they just got a little virus, but dealing with that, love my new vet, and uh, it's just absolutely beautiful here. I'm so, so happy.
1: So, what uh, are they adjusted to uh, taking walks in the woods and stuff like that? Because they really didn't have that down in Florida, did they?
2: No, and they love it. Every day, we hike a mountain here where I live, and then... Once or twice a week, we will go to the state park and play around in the water. And we've been down to Lake Wataugua, which is about a half an hour from me, a few times. And you know me, crazy Jilly, um, put on my wetsuit and go swimming with my Rottweilers. And people stare, but I don't care.
1: (laughs) You don't have a lot of neighbors around you out in Tennessee, do you?
2: Um, I cannot see my neighbors at all. Um, Everybody has acreage here. Um, but I have wonderful neighbors um, around me. I've met them all. And, um, you know, when I moved in, people were just so sweet, you know, bringing me things and welcoming me, you know, to the neighborhood. And I've made some, a couple of good girlfriends that we've been going out to different events like fairs and um, different events that are going on now up here
1: in Roan in Mountain, which are, are interesting, <laughs> to say the least. So have you um come across a new vet yet for your dogs and all? Yes,
2: I have and I absolutely love them. They're at the um the foot of the mountain that I live on um at the the bottom of the road um and they're a husband and wife team and they're holistic and they're absolutely fantastic. I'm very very happy.
1: So how do you um how do you actually like how'd you go about finding that vet and I did you get a recommendation?
2: I did. I got a recommendation actually from the listing agent realtor that showed me this house and we hit it off really well. Um, Her husband actually was the one who gutted this house and refurbished it and they've got big dogs and cattle and they told me, you know, this person's amazing. I talked to my vet in Florida and my vet in Florida knew this couple and he said, no, that's the people to go to. They're wonderful. I'm like, well, that's perfect. It's, you know, just two mountains you know two miles down the road from me so it's perfect
1: so um do you have has has your dogs met any other dogs or anything like that any friends in the neighborhood
2: no except for the the family that lives across the road they have a very misbehaving german shepherd who runs down across the road which scares me to death and barks and screams at my dogs so they kind of bark and scream at each other but (laughs) we're working on
1: that (laughs) So you two Rotties, tell people what it's like. You've lived most of your life with, like, with Rottweilers, didn't you?
2: Always. Well, when I was a child, we had champion German Shepherds. But as an adult, um, I wanted nothing more to do with the German Shepherds in the show ring. I wanted to have a very hearty, amazing companion. And that's when I chose Rottweilers. And I have been handling them, owning them, breeding them, showing them for Almost 30 years now.
1: So what do you think about them now? I mean, would a Rottweiler... I mean, you remember The Omen? The movie The Omen?
2: <laughs> so um, everybody, that's I, all I fallacy. Remember,
1: right. I was going to say, when that movie came out, everybody was like, oh, the killer Rottweiler. You know, the demon dog and and all that. But um, And that's kind of like the life of the Rottie, kind of, from that day. I mean, people look at it as being maybe on the side of, like, Fearful.
2: True, but they are the most loyal, just like most dog breeds. They are loyal. They are amazing. They're very protective, yes, indeed. Um, But I enjoy that, Um, the fact that I feel safe, and especially living up here with bears and things like that. um, It's nice when I'm out on the trails hiking with them that I, I feel, you know, I feel good, and they're hardy. They can they can hike the mountains. They love to swim. They love to do everything that I do. So it's it's a perfect situation. It's a win win with me. And I do find that the females are the better of the Roddy clan um, because they're more attentive. But the males. I mean, you can't beat a male if you want a good a good dog to make sure that people don't come in your yard <laughs> or animals yeah, that- in
1: your yard. That would actually work. Uh, you know, it's almost like a bear coming at you at the size of your one on your male dog. But when you were talking male and female, do you really have a preference for the gender of an of a pet? Because I do. I mean, I tend, personally speaking, I tend to have do, more luck yes. at, with a female than I do a male.
2: And I agree. I am the same way. Um, I've I, The males that I've had in my past were because they were show breeding males. But they've always, you know, every single one of them has been a pain in my my back end. Um, you know, and you know, Xerxes, my male that I have now, he's been the biggest pain to me, but I love him dearly. He's amazing. But I will always have female Rottweilers. I think that he's my last male Rottweiler.
1: What would you go with next, do you think? Another Rottweiler? Well, I'm very or-
2: fond of the Irish Wolfhound.
1: Yeah, you like that big dog. That's huge. You can ride that. I horse. do,
2: big dogs. Yeah.
1: Well, hold on, Jilly. <laughs> take a break. I come really back, liked that. I was. We'll be okay, talking babe. more with with Jilly. This is Talking Pets. We want to talk with you. You can watch us on Facebook Live at Talking Pets Radio. But this is Talking Pets. Give us a call at 844-305-7800.
4: For those fortunate to have experienced the deep bond and unconditional love of a companion animal, the death that follows can be one of the most difficult and misunderstood losses to go through. Many times, this devastating loss goes unrecognized and trivialized by family and friends, leaving grieving pet parents struggling to find healthy ways to cope with the loss. In And I Love You Still, a thoughtful guide and remembrance journal for healing the loss of a pet, A thoughtful guide and remembrance journal by Julianne Corbin is now available for purchase on Amazon and other major book retailers.
0: Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com
2: 11th in the park's annual Fat Bear Week contest. Bear 747 collected the most votes, triumphing over his worthy challenger, number 901. The Twitter announced excitedly This 747 is cleared for landing, introducing your new 2022 Fat Bear Week champion. This is not 747's first big win, he also took the title in 2020. Few bears ever reach 747's girth, according to the online profile on explore.org, the organization that runs the contest. It says he's one of the biggest brown bears on earth, possibly weighing as much as 1,400 pounds. He's been working hard at fattening up. He fished in the parks Brooks Falls nearly every day in late June to mid-September. Some bears might resort to aggression to exert dominance, Not so much for this bear. 747 typically keeps his status by sheer size alone. He shows this skill and size influence success in the beer world. Runner-up Bear 901 was first identified as a 2.5-year-old in 2018. According to her online profile, she fishes throughout Brooks River and sometimes is keen to defend her fishing sports from other bears. As a young adult in 2022, she continued to refine her fishing and social skills. This is a lifelong process for brown bears, but it is particularly important for young adult females. Bear 901 may soon experience a new challenge, raising cubs. It's critical for pregnant female bears to pack an ample body fat and support survival in hibernation and to give birth to healthy cubs. This. All might have been a different story if officials hadn't detected the voting being tampered. A fat bear week scandal for the ages, someone stuffed the ballot box. Officials got suspicious when 747's semifinal opponent, 435, Holly, roared back from a, a trailing 6,000 votes in just a couple of hours. While not unread, unheard of, it is very. Each year, brown bears congregate on the salmon-packed Brooks River before hibernating for the winter. The live cam from the river is popular as an online feature. All 12 heavyweights in the 2022 contest had been in training for the big event since Emerging from Hibernation. Forging on all the salmon and other food natures is providing for them in the park of the Southwest Alaska. Explore provided colorful bios and information before and after photos of the adorable but never formidable brown bear contestants at the website. Follow us at Talking Pets and you can also see this video on our website at TalkingPets.com. For Talking Pets, I'm Jalen Sidlow. The
0: well, winter is a-coming and the leaves are starting to shed. It's getting to be time for all good bears to go to bed. So you better eat well and catch that salmon from the creek. If you want a chance at being first for fat bear, we go oh, fat bear, we go fat bear, we You can keep your sharks. I'm holding out for fat bear. We go oh, fat bear, we go fat bear, we go. Sharks, I'm holding out for Fat Bear Week Well, the competition's fierce, we got best of best How many fish can you fit in your mouth, that really is the test Gotta pack in the pound, start to be looking chalk If you wanna get the title as the bear, don't go, don't go Fat Bear Week, Fat Bear Week, Fat bear Week sharks i'm holding now for pepper we go oh, pepper, week. pepper week. you can keep your sharks i'm holding
1: now for pepper week. and once again you're listening to Talkin Pets pick up the phone and give us a call at 844-305-7800 that's a number to call so julie living up there in tennessee have you seen any fat bears at all
2: um no just they just keep pooping in front of my truck.
1: <laughs> so they are around. My
2: ne- oh, they're here. Uh, my neighbors say that they see the same bears all the time, but I have not. I also have not set up my outside video cams yet, which I'm in the process of doing. So I'm sure I'm going to see a lot more at night when I'm not out. Because when the sun sets, I take the last walk with the dogs, and um, then that's it. We don't go out again until the, the light comes up.
1: I was going to say, I mean, have you had any confrontations or anything like that, that the dogs have seen them or anything? Or do you worry about that happening?
2: Um, I have seen some coyotes and many, many deer and snakes. And I'm not sure if it was a fox or a bobcat because the lights weren't in the right position for me to see it. But I saw one one of those one night that was pretty close to my house.
1: So I want to ask you, actually, when you go away... And advice for everybody else out there, say you go to the grocery store or you're just going someplace for a couple hours and the dog's leaving your dog at home. Do you recommend putting them in a crate? Do you recommend letting them have roam of the house?
2: Well, that depends on the dog. Um, My dogs have roam of the house, uh, but not the yard. I make sure that they are always behind locked doors when I am gone, and that's for their protection because I don't want them getting into trouble, even though I have a a lovely large fenced-in yard. These dogs are not used to the mountain life at this point where I would let them run loose like that because they would just get into trouble. Now, if you have a younger dog and it's not yet completely house-trained, you know I have a a six-year-old and an eight-year-old, so they are they're perfect. And so they may roam the house freely. They have kennels with open doors if they want to go sleep, but um, they're only outside when I am home.
1: So once again, you are listening to Talking Pets, and we want to talk with you. And if you do have a dog in your house that's being destructive, for instance, you may want to crate them. Um, That actually is only for their good as well as yours, but you want to make sure that you Actually, train them on how to be in a crate first because if you just automatically stick them in a crate, then you may have some problems with them hurting themselves by trying to get out. But we'll talk about that a little bit more. 844 305 7800. 844 305 7800. That's a number to call with your pet questions. So pick up the phone and give us a call. 844 305 7800. We're going to play Name That Animal Sound when we come back. And if you know it, you can win a prize. This is Talking Pets.
2: Take a bite out of your competition. Advertise your business with an ad in Pet Life Radio podcasts and radio shows.
0: Everybody Bob Page here and welcome to another edition of Talking Pets Rewind. In this installment, John gives another listener advice on how to handle those tough kitty litter troubles.
1: Out to Helena Montana and Evelyn. Hey, Evelyn. Thank you, darling. <laughs>
3: well, I'm frantic about this crazy little critter. I, I brought him in from the alley and got him fixed and cleaned up and gave him brand new haircut and everything because he was in a horrible state of affairs. They dumped him. Somebody left him, you know.
1: It's not a possum, is it?
3: Oh, no, no, no. Possum. He's my kitty cat. <laughs> oh, okay. He's a boy cat. And he's so sweet. And he's a, a paladoxin'. What do you call it? What? The six toes?
0: Mm-hmm. But we call them special. Yeah, yeah he is. He's a yeah. so
3: lovable. God love him. I don't see how anybody could throw him away like they did. Anyway, I've had him a year now. Last winter, he was wonderful. He'd poo and pee in the poo pans, you know. All of a sudden, here it is. We're freezing our tutus off. Your little... tutus. <laughs> it's to <gonna> be nice.
0: <laughs>
3: but honestly, God, it's so cold and the snow is piling up, you know, and he insists on peeing and pooing out in that snow d- part of my French, that snow. <laughs> <laughs> and he won't use the poop pen. What is wrong with him? I'm, I'm frantic. I don't know what to do. I don't have to put him out every cotton and pick him 20 minutes, you know?
1: One of the things, though, too, Evelyn, if he's used to going outside, which he's an outdoor cat. He was cat, when he was deserted. So he's used to that out there going I outside.
3: I know, but he used the poop pen. Wonderful. All last winter. and Now, all of a sudden, he walks past it and wants outside. It makes me
1: furious. It's like you're going to have to retrain him again to be an indoor cat. And then yeah. once you get him trained to be an indoor cat again, you have to keep him as an indoor cat and not kind of, Renee, and say, oh, poor kitty, and let him well, out again. He
3: raises, he yells, you know. Yeah, he's a very demanding cat, isn't yes, he? Yes, he is. He's a little stinker. You'll come back with a boo. And everybody said, they said, hey, uh, that cat had been dead years ago if it had been in my house. I said, I can't do that. I brought that life home from the, you know, the animal shelter. The shelter.
1: One of the things I want to state, too, is if a cat stops using the litter, litter box, box, it's the poo
5: pen. The poo pen.
1: That's the new <laughs> one. poo <laughs> pen. But um, one of the things you want to do is make sure you keep the cat in the area of its litter box. And then as you see that the cat is starting to use the litter box again, then you can gradually let it have on with the house again. But right. what a lot of people do is they say, oh, my cat's pooing all over the house or peeing all over the house, and then they still let him learn all over the house. You know, so if you don't have the cat restricted to the poo pen area, uh, then you're going to have problems. Hey, that really is
0: some pretty good advice from John and professional trainer Maria Pryas. But uh, I got to be honest with you guys. Training calls like that make for a great talking pet show. Mm, but if you really want to be on one of the, you know, super cool talking pet rewind installments, Hey, just call up and say, "Poop pen, the poop pen. To use the poop pen, wonderful. It's the poop pen, the poop pen. That's the new <laughs> poop pen. To the poop pen area. A few too many times, and I'm sure I'll work you right in. We're talking pets. Rewind. I'm Bob Page.
5: Long term daily use of cannibal CBD appears to be well tolerated in healthy canines. Mars Pet Care has published the the results of a six month long placebo controlled and blinded study exploring the safety of daily CBD use in dogs. The aim of the research which was carried out by Walham Pet Care Science Institute was twofold. To demonstrate tolerance of a once daily oral dose, four milligrams, of the body weight, well-characterized, broad-spectrum, THC-free CBD distilled over a six-month period to healthy adult dogs, and to quantify the level of CBD in dogs, fasted plasma, urine, and feces over the same period. Participants of the 40-dog study included 17 Labrador Retrievers, 15 Norfolk Terriers, and eight Beagles, all of which were clinically healthy. For the studies Duration, researchers assessed a broad range of health measures, including biochemistry, hematology, urinalysis. Canines also received monthly veterinarian examinations, twice daily well being observations, and a daily qual- quality of life survey. These measures were taken before the study began, then, after 2, 4, 10, 18, and 26 weeks of the CBD feeding. Followed by four weeks of washout, CBD concentrations were measured at the same intervals in plasma, feces, and urine. The findings researchers say provided evidence a oral do- daily, once-daily oral dose of this measure is well-tolerated in clinical healthy dogs for a duration of six months. I'm heartened to see the study of the safety of CBD in- for dog health, says the company's chief medical officer, Jennifer Welzer. We continue to receive questions from pet owners on whether it's safe to give their pet CBD. We hope with continued research to be able to provide science-based guidance on our clients expect to rely on. Visit TalkingPets.com for more information and join our Facebook family. Reporting on Devin Leach.
1: And you're listening to Talkin' Pets. The number is 844-305-7800. That's the number to call with your questions and your comments. So we welcome them in. Jilly, before we went out to the break and all, I wanted to, uh, I was actually checking with you. I want to ask you about crate training because a lot of people don't understand the fact that you take a pet, a dog, um, and then all of a sudden you put, like, you just don't stick them in the crate and walk away and leave the house. I'm right, correct?
2: Oh, no, you are absolutely correct. And I think that crate training, no matter what kind of animal you have, you know, what, what size dog you have, is it's it's the most important thing you can do um, for the safety of that dog in many circumstances, whether you happen to be in a natural catastrophe, whether you are traveling, um, whether, you know, you're even on vacation somewhere. You should never, you know, leave a a, a dog running around a hotel room or even in a, you know, if you're at a verbo you should be respectful and your dog should be crated if they're not out hiking Mm. with you they should be crated in the house Um, and it's something that you you start it from the day you bring that dog home but you do it very slowly if it's a puppy you can you know start you know feeding them in the crate or you know bringing toys in the crate but leave the door open and let them get used to it and before you end up shutting the door um, they have to be comfortable
1: so, I mean, because I've heard horror stories of some dogs where they've been put into crates, and then they're like the, the wire crates, and they've been so stressed out in those crates oh, yes. that they kept scratching at them and scratching at them until their nails almost falling off and, and blood everywhere, and you just have to, you have to work with the pet before you actually stick them into a crate, because you never want to begin using it as a punishment, because then they're never going to be get, ever become comfortable with it.
2: Exactly. Um, and I've seen I've seen horror stories as well where dogs have chewed until they've broken all their teeth. It's just it's horrifically sad. Yes, um, it's, it's a time. Cons- it's just like training. You know, it's a give and take. You you know, they'll get so comfortable with it. Now when they're puppies too, you have to limit the space. That's why you don't want a giant crate with a little tiny puppy because then they'll end up probably getting scared or going to the bathroom in it. So you want to a lot of the bigger crates, if it's going to be a dog that grows big, have a divider so that you can work them up to the larger crate but you make it fun. I mean, I've even gotten in great with my dogs, but of course I have large dogs. So, I could, but just to make them feel comfortable. Um and it's 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 a process, but it's not rocket science by any means. And I think it's 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 important for the safety of the dog to all that all dogs should be crate trained.
1: You know, the other thing too is some people will think, "Oh, well, I'll give my dog CBD and that will calm him down while I'm gone and everything will be okay in the crate." But I think and kind of like the story that Devin was talking about, um, that you could overuse CBD. And I think some people probably already do that. That's why now Absolutely. you're seeing a lot in the news where people are talking about you're your kind of drugging your dog to death with the CBD. So it works, but just work, use it the way it's supposed to be used, Correct.
2: Exactly, consult your um, your veterinarian as to the dosage that's correct for the dog's weight and the dog's situation. Now, and like some dogs are terrified of storms, um, maybe the CBD is not the correct thing for them. Maybe there's you know your veterinarian would prescribe um, a different calming agent for the dog. Um, I think I've used CBD before, and I've gotten different results on different dogs. So I think that every dog is an individual. Don't if, just don't read the label and make your own assessment. Um, consult your veterinarian so that you're doing it properly.
1: So there's one thing I want to do too is um, with Vitacraft the uh, meaty morsels and the lick and lap for the pets. If you want to donate yes. a case of. The lick and lap, the meaty morsels by Vitacraft to your local shelter or rescue. We're going to do one right now. So, whoever wants to call in, and if you have a place, maybe where you got your cat from, where you adopted them from, or you know one that does a great job for the cats out there, compliments of Vitacraft. We're going to send out a full case to them. Um, so, if you want to call Jayla, our producer at the network. Um, We're going to take your uh, name and we'll announce to the shelter that on behalf of yourself and Talking Pets and Vitacraft, we're sending them a full case of lick and lap meaty morsels uh, for their cats to enjoy in the shelters and the rescue. So call right now and the first person to call automatically, and don't assume somebody else is calling. And if you've already sent one to someone, you know, we're doing it all new for somebody that calls in. So... 844-305-7800 is the number. 844-305-7800. Call, and uh, we will donate a full case of Vitacraft meaty morsel treats for the cats. um, The one that you pick out. So call right now and speak with Jayla. And um, don't assume somebody else is calling, because a lot of times they don't. So call right now. 844-305-7800. If there's a shelter or a rescue in your area that you believe does a phenomenal job, then send them a case for the cats because those cats need some treats as well. Um, So Mm. Vitacraft is going to send out a full case. So call right now and donate a case of Vitacraft treats for their cats at the shelter or the rescue at 844-305-7800, 844-305-7800. That's the number to call and again like we were talking about crate training just make sure you use it as something positive never use a crate as something negative some people think that it's a punishment to begin with that you're putting your dog in there but it's not um because if they're afraid of storms or anything of that fact dogs are den animals and they like secluded areas to go into and so going into a crate is comfort for them have their blanket in there what i like to recommend is have a dirty t-shirt of yours that has your sweat on it or whatever because then it keeps the scent of you so that calms them down so yeah do the, you know and make sure that you use the crate as a right as a right tool you can and also Jillian, cover
2: the kennel as well like you do a bird cage and that's very comforting
1: That's that's a good idea because at night you can soothe them down. Because if they see and see and see things going on, it's, they're going to keep their attention on that. But if they don't see anything, like Jilly said, for birds it works extremely well. It works just as good with your, with your dogs. Get a blanket, put it over the crate, and let them go night-night. Pick up the phone, give us a call, 844-305-7800. Like I said, somebody call and donate a full case of Vitacraft meaty morsel treats for the cats at a rescue or at a shelter. Animal Foundation, in partnership with Revive and Restore, is now accepting proposals for studies on genomic sequencing and or biobanking for the protection and management of wildlife in kelp forest ecosystems, while Genome's funding calls are topic-specific. This call is for the proposals focused on species that live within kelp forests. From fish to invertebrates to seabirds, marine mammals, and kelp, all species belonging to help ecosystems qualify. Proposals should describe a conservation-oriented effort that will benefit substantially from genomic sequencing and biobanking. Critical wildlife species in key ecosystems like kelp forests face myriad threats due to habitat degradation, and also climate change, said Dr. Kathy Teezy, Vice President of Scientific Operations at Morris Animal Foundation. The Wild Genomes Program, in partnership with Revive and Restore, aims to replace innovative conservation tools in the hands of wildlife managers, with the goal of achieving measurable and significant improvement for the health and welfare of wild species around the world. With genomes, wild genomes is designed to accelerate the genomic sequencing and biobanking of the species with a clear conservation need. Potential projects will be evaluated according to timelessness and urgency. The ecological role of the targeted species, the species' potential role in providing ecosystem services, and the potential impact of the project. Applications for the kelp forest ecosystems topic are due December 16, 2022. Interested researchers should apply at wildgenomes.aibs-scores.org and can learn more at Revive and Restore. All proposals submitted in response to this RFP will undergo administrative and scientific review by a scientific advisory board. Additional information including award types and funding levels can be found at Morris Animal Foundation apply for a grant. Visit TalkinPets.com for more information and to join our Facebook family. This is Talkin' Pets.
3: ocean a fancy dancing forest of seaweed slow dancing sway into the rhythm hold fast to the bottom and reach for the sun slow kelp dancing sway into the rhythm hold fast to the bottom and reach for the sun kelp is a kind of seaweed it holds on to a rock on the ocean floor and grows fast toward the sunlight, whipping back and forth as the ocean roars. Slow, dance and sway into the rhythm. Hold fast to the bottom and reach for the sun. Slow, kelp, dance and sway into
1: the And once again, dance. you are listening dance. to Talkin' Pets. I'm John Patch. I'm Jalen
5: Sidlow. I'm Devin Weeks.
1: Pick up the phone and give us a call at 844-305-7800, 844-305-7800. But before I close this hour of the program, I want as a pet sitter Jilly and um and the work that you do in pet sitting, how do you do you I would imagine you probably recommend the business to somebody that maybe wants to start one?
2: Oh, it can be very profitable but it's also very you have to really love what you're doing to do the job I do and you have to love every animal that you're taking care of as so they were your own. Um it's it's time consuming, sometimes exhausting and tiring, but it's it's fruitful and it's rewarding and i you know, when I left Florida my clients, um every single one of them wrote me letters of recommendation to take with me because they're like, we don't know what we're going to do without you. And we don't know what we would have done all these years without you here that we had you and that, you know, you're just so amazing. So it's, it's a, you know, for me, it's a labor of love because you know that, you know, I prefer animals to people. (laughs) Um, But, um, and I'm, I can take care of anything from A to Z. um, But, When people think of their pets as their children, you need to put your best foot forward with every animal that you take care of.
1: That's very true. And, you know, for the whole life of that pet, I mean, because, as you know, Julie, dogs, they can live anywhere from like 10 to, I've heard, we had one that lived into the 20s, which kind of heard of, but but they Mm -hmm. can um so when you adopt a pet you want to make sure that you're keeping the pet for the life of that animal i mean it's, it's just Absolutely. like a child i mean you're not going to adopt a child sure. and all of a sudden give it back and you say i hope you're not
2: well i i took notice too of my my clients you know the way you know how how the dog fit into their family i made it fit into mine and i made sure that i knew the dog's birthday everything so that when the dog was staying with me i would throw a party and post it on instagram so when they were away they could they could see that their dog was having a birthday party. It's just the little things you know that that build a great business you know to just know everything about the dog know every you know be you know personable with the family, and you know like I said, treat them as if they were your own beautiful, wonderful animal that you know you love and adore
1: yeah, I mean it's a great business to start. I remember like the very first year that people started. To- Pet sitting as a business, and they were making about eighteen thousand a year, which isn't bad. And it all depends mm-hmm. on, like Julie said, your clients and how many you have. Um, and references exactly. are really good. If you have good references, you'll get more more clients. But I know people that are making fifty, sixty thousand dollars. Oh yeah, just with pet sitting. So it's a good business to always get be into.
2: careful. Yeah, don't overbook yourself. Make the that's, animals the priority, not your bank account.
1: That's exactly true, and um. Congratulations to Lewis Clark Animal Shelter. They're getting a full case of meaty morsels. Oh, and a uh, big old uh, thanks to our Professor John out there in Idaho. But as we close out this hour of the program... Don't forget, spay a new to your pets and help control that pet population. If you are looking to bring a pet home, please go to your local shelter or rescue and get one from there because there are so many of them there that need good homes. And if you're looking for a purebred, there's a good chance there's one there as well. But if you have a rescue in the area, there's obviously purebreds there. So, check them out. But from myself, John Patch,
2: Angela and Sidlow,
1: I'm Devin Leach. Bye for now.
0: Let's Talk Pets. Every week, on demand. Only on PetLifeRadio.com.